I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast, and I'm taking this time to ask you during the month of December to financially support the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute to advance individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support our work. This is the only time of the year when I make this request, so I'm adding something. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000 or more, I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, or you can designate an individual to receive all the benefits of that donation. Just visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started, and thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 25th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. Short of ending the legal theft known as civil forfeiture, how can states reduce the costs associated with those programs? Alan Clemens is a Republican representative in South Carolina where legislation is moving to limit civil forfeiture and add data requirements. We spoke in Colorado Springs in October. Civil forfeiture is a huge issue. Uh, it's overwhelmingly controlled at the state level. The feds like to uh, uh, play with it uh, as they can. In fact, we have some some still existing federal programs that allow uh, states to circumvent their own state laws a little bit to deal with forfeiture. So what has South Carolina done? Well, South Carolina has, uh, we, we've started the ball rolling by passing out of the House of Representatives, now pending in the Senate, a data reporting bill that would require all civil asset forfeitures to be uh, to be reported in a central database. Uh, that will give us the opportunity to see what's going on uh, it'll, and to aggregate that information and compare it to other states. Um, I think more impactfully, uh, we just recently had a, uh, well, within the last year, uh, a local news outlet, the Greenville News, has uh, done some exhaustive research and has reported on that research and some egregious findings with regard to civil asset forfeiture. All right. So uh, that data, of course, most states are pretty spotty with data collection on forfeiture. What happens if a police agency fails to report? Or under that legislation? Well, in South Carolina, uh, all forfeitures go through um, uh, through a circuit court uh, solicitor or district attorney's office. So those forfeitures would actually be reported from those solicitor's offices. Okay. So the police would not be responsible for reporting. It would be uh, local uh uh, prosecutors. That's correct. Okay. So uh, in terms of that data being gathered, uh, what what do you expect that to tell you? Uh, we have quite a bit of expectation, one of which is that the majority of the forfeitures that are occurring in South Carolina or the mar- majority of the seizures that mature into forfeitures in South Carolina are um, are of a small uh, amount, usually less than fifteen hundred dollars. Um, we f- we also find that a a dis- disproportionately large number of uh, of seizures have um, a waiver associated with it. That waiver, uh, which may be secured at the at a traffic stop, waives a property owner's right to due process uh, with regard to the assets being seized. Now, is that constitutional? 
I I question the constitutionality because it doesn't seem that you can waive constitutional rights except in very narrow circumstances. And and, and I think that is a significant issue, but one that has not yet been litigated in South Carolina. Interestingly, speaking of litigation, um, uh, I live in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm in the 16th Judicial Circuit of South Carolina. A 16th Judicial Circuit judge just within the last two weeks um, uh, found that uh, civil asset forfeiture in South Carolina in the case that was being litigated before him was unconstitutional. And uh, that matter is now in the appeal process. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. If that, uh, if that order is upheld by the state Supreme Court, it will terminate civil asset forfeiture as we know it today in South Carolina. And I think it will have uh, repercussions across the country. Um, I, certainly, if it is, is upheld, it will likely go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, That is all in light of a bipartisan effort in South Carolina, uh, an effort initiated by myself, uh, and I I chair a national legislative organization known as ALEC, American Legislative Exchange Council. We also have the chair of another national legislative group in South Carolina, the National Caucus of Black State Legislators. Uh, That person is Gilda Cobb-Hunter. Representative Cobb-Hunter and myself have co-authored a civil asset forfeiture reform bill that garnered over 90 um, co-sponsors in a legislature of 124 members that will end civil asset forfeiture in South Carolina and replace it with criminal asset forfeiture. So that's a higher standard of evidence. Higher standard of evidence preponderance of the of the evidence the uh, and it uh, it will actually re- would actually require the a forfeiture to be a part of a criminal conviction process so that if one is one is found guilty of a crime where assets have been seized in relationship to the cl- crime the court may order the forfeiture of those assets. That is vastly different from what we see happening in South Carolina and throughout the state. So in your expectation of uh, seeing that most of these forfeitures, or at least the uh, plurality of these forfeitures, uh, are uh, $1,500 or less, you can see at least an inkling that police know that. And that police, when they are undertaking seizures that they hope will become forfeitures, they know that the people they're dealing with probably are not going to fight it in court. Uh, and I think they might also know, and this is, uh, again, this, the data will show the, may show this or may not show this, and that the people who are being uh, targeted for these seizures that ultimately become forfeitures are relatively disenfranchised in the community. Absolutely, Caleb. Very significant point you just raised. Uh, I would argue that um, when it comes to forfeiture, civil forfeiture in South Carolina and her sister states, that the large majority of those from whom assets are being seized, they are of a socioeconomic strata that uh, where 
the the thought process is to stay as far away from a court as you possibly can. Whenever a complaint is served on an, uh, the owner of seized assets, um, uh, state of South Carolina versus four hundred and fifty seven dollars. Uh, where those assets must prove that they are in, innocent. The assets must prove that they're innocent. So the putative owner of those assets is served in a civil lawsuit. Being from that community where the mindset is only bad things happen in courtrooms, they're not going to answer that complaint, let alone go out and hire a lawyer to fight for their $457. And if you want poor people and disenfranchised people to buy into uh, the, the system of government that we have, you can't give them ample opportunities to believe that they're not going to get a fair shake. Absolutely. It is disenfranchisement of due process. Alan Clemens is a Republican state representative in South Carolina. We spoke in Colorado Springs in October. Please consider becoming a Cato podcast sponsor. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to make a gift today. And thank you.